Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in, to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Midwife Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of honest expert chats. My mission is to provide you with the very best support and information through pregnancy, birth and beyond with my online courses over at midwifepip.com. And as a podcast listener, I'm also offering you an exclusive 15% off all my online courses using code PODCAST15. With no further ado, let's get chatting. Motherhood is the most beautiful, chaotic whirlwind. Some days you feel on top of the world and like you are smashing it, and other days feel like they are a month long and full of relentless hurdles. Of course, we wouldn't change it for the world, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. So how can we mother in a more mindful way to make those roller coaster days a little easier on us and the whole family? This week, I am so delighted to chat to Izzy Judd, who, as a mum of three, is very aware of the challenges that come alongside motherhood. Izzy is also a violinist and author of Dare to Dream and Mindfulness for Mums. Izzy has been affected by anxiety through her life and has found how mindfulness and self-care can bring some calm to motherhood and that getting the family involved can help your little ones too. Izzy's Instagram account is at Mrs underscore Izzy Judd and the fantastic books are also linked in the episode description. So Izzy, welcome. And ironically, as I sit here with little six-month-old Finley bouncing on my knee, this um, episode really couldn't be any more timely. So thanks for coming on to chat. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. What a lovely introduction. It's always a bit surreal when you hear things out loud, even you saying mother of three. It's like the first time someone says, you know, when you get married, my wife, and you go, oh, you know, suddenly, oh, I've got three children. When did, when did that happen? When did that happen? <laughs> it's funny. Oh, yeah, that, that's me you're talking about. That's it. And it's, I think, and certainly actually, when, when me and my husband were just sat on the sofa last night, and I said something about, you know, the fact that we are parents like and it's taken almost a while for that to sink in because I think those first few weeks and months you're kind of just like rolling on adrenaline aren't you and like navigating and learning and your routine's a bit chaotic and you don't really have much clarity and headspace to actually reflect on where you're at and we were like oh yeah we really are like that's quite a big deal isn't it we're we're actually doing this (laughs) yeah and Harry and I often like are we 
are we like old enough? Are we qualified? Are we, you know, you sort of still feel like children yourself. And then you're you're left with these scenarios where you're, you know, like we've had Kit's been protesting school a little bit recently. Um, and, you know, you kind of say to each other, how do we handle this? Do we say, no, you've got to go or be gentle or, you know, and we're all trying to figure it out. And then you start thinking, well, my mum would have been, you know, done this. And my, and you kind of think like your, your mum is absolutely, um, you know, just got it sorted. But I'm sure she went through all those similar questions and thoughts and, and things in their head. But to you as a child, you just listen, don't you, to your parents? Yeah, and the responsibility oh at times just feels so overwhelming. A hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely feel like I've reached that point where I'm like, oh, yeah, like no one's coming to take him away. Like someone has decided that they can actually trust us to bring up a child. I mean, that's crazy. And then you think, why didn't they teach us this at school? You know, the, the algebra lessons I sat through haven't come in handy. However, some, no. some parenting advice would have been fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And even that algebra when your children come home with maths homework. <laughs> and and it stumps you and you're like they're six <laughs> why do I not understand <laughs> that's so true one of my best friends Izzy is a maths teacher and we always say you know when Finley comes home with his math homework we're gonna be like auntie Harriet we need some help <laughs> <laughs> I know well for us it's auntie Google I'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> I love it anyway we've gone off a complete tangent because I just yeah it's just brilliant to chat to other mums isn't it I think definitely after what we've gone through but for those people who perhaps are new to the term mindfulness or, and I was definitely guilty of this probably about three or four years ago, when they think of mindfulness, they visualize they've got to be sat in like a field in the dark, looking at the moon in like a hippie skirt. But what actually is it? So mindfulness, it's really very simple. If you break it down, it is allowing yourself to be completely in the present moment, which is really difficult to do and actually it does need a bit of practice um and you can use loads of moments in your day and as you're saying you know busy mums when do we find those moments as you're saying you know do I need to sit down for however long a day to practice this and actually no it's not that at all and the great thing is you have the most mindful creature in your house with your children they are the most present babies and children are so present and it's I feel my responsibility to keep my children remembering how to be present so that could be anything from on the walk to school and um, that's all perhaps if you've got a baby when you're just strolling them in the pram noticing what is around you you will do the same walks to baby classes to school drop off every day but you're probably so high up in your head and, and not in your body that it's it, yeah it, it, mindfulness is, is a brilliant way to just reconnect so even as you're walking it could be feeling the ground beneath you the different textures as you're walking along the ground and talking to your children about that what does the grass feel like what does this road feel like or what can you see on the walk to school today that we haven't noticed before you know look up what's up that we haven't noticed or so you know, mindfulness really isn't about, as you say, sitting and trying to meditate and quieting your mind because your mind is supposed to be thinking and uh, that, that's the way it is. It's really an ability to bring yourself back to the present present moment. And 
in doing that, you're looking after your mental health, which is so key, especially as as a new mother, I think. Oh, I love that. And actually, Izzy, what you said completely, completely resonated with me because since literally the day after Finley was born, we've gone out for a walk um, pretty much every single day because I just need that like fresh air. It's just so, so good for your mind and body. But I am 100% guilty, especially because often he'll fall asleep, of having like something in my ears, whether that's music or I'm on a phone call to somebody or a podcast. Obviously, don't want to discourage people listening to podcasts. Um, but but I'm not I'm not just present in in the walk. And I live in like a beautiful village with loads of animals and we go past a school and there's a the sound of children playing. And, and actually, I'm not as present in that as I can be. So I am 100% taking that away. And on this afternoon's walk gonna have my ears like free of any other noise and interruptions and just look at where I am and I think that that's definitely something that I can implement in my life for sure yeah and I think you know it's it's not our fault really in our in our modern society we have so many um distractions you know the phone being a major one you know but even listening to a podcast you are actually you are being mindful if you if you're able to really listen to that podcast and not start thinking about what's on my shopping list um you know all the major to-do lists you are actually getting yourself into that moment and really taking things in and really absorbing things um I think the biggest thing that I've noticed with certainly my children um to introduce mindfulness was definitely with breathing so right from the beginning, when a baby is lying in their cot, you will see, um, or their Moses basket, wherever they are, um, you will see their tummies rising and falling with their breath. So their, their breath is very much in their tummies, whereas we tend to breathe anxiously and kind mm. of short breaths up in our chest and our shoulders are often up. But if you actually stand and watch your baby, which is one of the loveliest things when they're peaceful and you've finally got them to sleep and just simply watch them breathe and breathe with them you know even if they're lying on you just slow down and breathe with them if that's in the night you know during those night feeds where you're thinking how can I get up again and do this in another two or three hours and to actually just slow everything down and as the children have got older when I when I put Lola and Kip to bed we do something called teddy breathing so you, you ask them to choose one of their favorite teddies um put it on their tummy and ask them to watch the teddy rise and fall so that they get used to to their breath still being down in their tummies and do it with them you know slow down you've just gone through probably a horrendous bath tea tiredness overload of stimulation yourself as well as the children you're winding down for the end of your day as well just get on the floor get a teddy bear with them and just breathe and breathing is your quickest tool to calming your anxiety and bringing yourself back to the present moment I love that that idea of that sort of skin to skin at 2am and breathing with your baby is beautiful I absolutely love that idea and actually you're probably going to get your baby to sleep much better as well because you're calmer and they totally pick up on your kind of anxiety or stress and frustration don't they so that's a really really lovely one I like that that's that's beautiful that, you know oh, no thanks Pip I mean that's the thing I think you know when Lola was born um she was a very straightforward baby looking back uh now having experienced it a few times 
And she was the duck floating along the water and I was the one paddling madly underneath and just, and I was so worried that my anxiety was going to rub off on her, my worries, my, my general mood, everything. Um, and it, and it really, it really worried me. And I think that's why, you know, actually when Kit came along, mindfulness suddenly became so important again, because I realized that I had stopped practicing um, mindfulness, which had been my absolute anchor for anxiety in my early 20s, when I went through a bad episode of anxiety. Um, and so I was starting to think about how I could practice mindfulness through the day with a small baby and family. And, you know, there's all sorts of things in mindfulness for mums. There's another exercise, um, which is, I'll try and explain this over audio where you're not seeing me visually, but <laughs> if you imagine um, you've got both your hands and you touch your, each finger is going to go one by one with your thumb. So you'd go first finger with your thumb, second finger with your thumb, third finger with your thumb, fourth finger with your thumb. And as you go, you say a different word. So that could be calm begins with me or um, kindness begins with me or patience begins with me. And the trigger of just slowly moving your fingers along your thumb, not even saying the words out loud, but in your head, if you do that enough times through the day when you're just feeling a little bit overwhelmed, challenged, as we all all are at various points, even just little triggers like that is a really simple, quick moment of just getting yourself back in the present and then carrying on with your day. Oh, I love that. They And they're the sort of things you need, like as you know, people that are pregnant or they're new mums and they haven't got the luxury of loads and loads of time. Those quick mm-hmm. kind of go-tos are just invaluable aren't they I think for navigating the stress oh Finley's decided that he'd quite like to pull my headphones off would you (laughs) would you don't want to play with a toy in front of you um (laughs) and you just mentioned there Izzy that you actually started practicing mindfulness in your early 20s what was it that drew you to that because I feel like in the last few years mindfulness has become perhaps a bit of a buzzword in society Mm. and a little bit popular but actually Uh you've been doing it for a lot longer than that yeah, so I read a book called Calming Your Anxious Mind by John Kabat-Zinn. Uh, and, it, and it was the first thing that really resonated. Um, I'd had, uh, I was on um, anxiety medication and I was having cognitive behavioural therapy. But I still was just, yeah, finding, I, I kind of knew that anxiety was always going to be with me. And almost, you know, as a protection, actually, when things are becoming overwhelming, it's a bit of a warning sign. It sits on your shoulder, taps and lets you know. And I think the thing about this book, it it was teaching me about mindfulness and it was teaching me about how I'm often catastrophizing future scenarios. More than actually being... um, thinking of being nostalgic and thinking about the past. I'm definitely somebody that is catastrophizing the future. And so mindfulness, you know, the, the, the tools of the book was all about how to bring yourself into the moment that you are absolutely in now. And, and that's why, you know, for me, it was mindfulness was suddenly um, a bit of a, a kind of... Yeah, it was an anchor. It was like a blessing at a time where I was really struggling. And so I've never really thought of it as 
um, as you say, like a buzzword or something that was popular. It was just something that worked for me. And, you know, being then becoming a mum and realising that actually this might help other mums too. Um, that's why I sort of set two with Mindfulness for Mums to try and, you know, hopefully share some of the things that were helping me also. Oh my gosh. And thank goodness you did, because yeah, you've helped so many mums with, with putting your incredible tips into, into words for us to also share. Now, I think you've, you've partly, I think, probably answered my next question, Izzy, in terms of some of the things that you shared already. Finley's agreeing with us. And he does, <laughs> he does like to get involved with the podcast. Um, He's very chatty. I'm very impressed. He's having a good old chat with us, isn't he? This is, this is tired chatting. So when he gets tired, I he likes to just talk to us, bless him. Um, but that's your own fault for deciding not to sleep this morning. So as, as mums, and this is something that when I was pregnant, I was always like... I'm not going to be, you know, worrying about mum guilt. You know, you hear it all the time, but I'm like, I'll just be doing the best for him. That's fine. We've all survived. None of us are perfect. And then you become a mum and mum guilt is like relentless. Like it's just on your shoulder constantly. Every decision you make, you're like, oh, should I have done that? Shouldn't I have done that? How can we kind of manage that need for self-care? Because it's so easy to lose yourself, isn't it, in the the postpartum. So how can we manage that need for self-care? and balance it with that ever-present mum guilt and that kind of not giving your baby 100% of your time. (coughs) We're just taking a quick pause from this episode so that I can share with you a brand that I know you're going to love as much as I do. My little Finley is growing up fast and is almost on the move, which means it's now time to start making our home safe for him. Did you know that every single week, at least one child under five years of age dies in an accident, 75% of which happen in their own home? I think this is terrifying. And this is why the team at Cheeky Rascals offer a variety of products that not only help make parents' lives easier, but are also the safest on the market including brands like Love to Dream, Rocket, and the Fred Baby Proofing Safety Range, which has everything you need to keep your little ones safe and your mind at ease. I want to support you to make your home safer for your little one and prevent them coming to any harm. So Cheeky Rascals are sponsoring this podcast and offering you 15% off Fred safety products using the code midwifepip15. Interestingly, I remember talking to my mum and saying, oh, mum, I just feel guilty for this and guilty for that. And and she said, well, you will forever more. This is never, ever going to go away. You are going to feel mum guilt. Um, And I I suddenly was like, oh, well, I I, I can't. I can't go to bed at night beating myself up like this with all the things that I could have done better and um I've got to change this and and also when I was pregnant with Lola somebody said to me uh, the most important thing is to put yourself first and I remember thinking but I'm gonna put my children first of course I'm gonna put my children first and thinking that's a strange thing to say and it's only now probably three children down the line that I really, really understand what she meant. Because one day, however, you know, 
difficult it is to think about this. Your children are going to grow up, you know, and they they will fly the nest and you will have done it you're the best you can for them. And you're still left. And if you haven't taken care of yourself, where are you going to be? And and so little moments of self-care, whether that's that going for a walk, not because it fits into your baby's routine, but just because you need to take a walk, then that's your bit of self-care for the day. Maybe you pick yourself up a little bunch of daffodils or you light your candle and you sit for a moment unstimulated and just be and give yourself you know that pat on the back that you've 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 got through another day you've kept them alive you've fed them and really you know that is that is all all that matters they're happy um and even if they're not happy you're there to continuously be their their hand to hold and you are enough you know you you are enough so I think it's the guilt yeah it's always there isn't it it is it's always there it's always going to be sitting sitting with you but it's again mindfulness is another way to help you remind yourself to just bring yourself back to this moment and knowing that okay right now this is how I'm feeling but this isn't going to I'm going to feel something different in an hour you know and I will just let it pass I will just let that cloud drift past and then another emotion will will come in and that's just all part of part of motherhood Definitely. I think that's really powerful what you said there, Izzy, that you are enough because I think it's very, it's so, so easy, isn't it, when you're navigating all of these new challenges and changes to be constantly comparing yourself to other people, to the mum that you thought you'd be. I mean, I was like, there's no way my child's ever going to watch television. I mean, he's definitely watching television (laughs) um, because you just do what you have to. And like you say, the things that we often get ourselves kind of caught up about or start to trigger that kind of anxiety and stress in our minds are often quite insignificant in the grand scheme of things um so it Mm -hmm. might be that I don't know Finley doesn't like taking a bottle for example so some days that's really stressful and then I'm like but actually he's being fed and it doesn't matter um and we'll get there we'll definitely get there but in that time when you're sleep deprived and your hormones are going able being able to like you say just snap into those nice little simple mindfulness techniques can be game changing I think yeah and you know those initial weeks I mean I'm Lockie's what now five months and I've done you know I've had the three babies and I've been postpartum you know three times and there is nothing like that feeling after you've had the baby those first weeks where you are so tired and so full of every emotion that you could possibly have. You are on your feeding journey, whatever that might be. For me, it's always been very tricky. And, you know, if you've got other children at home as well, you're you're navigating through all of that. And women, we're just amazing. I just think <laughs> what we what we do and what just how we manage it, I just think, yeah, it it's it is quite amazing. But in those moments having kind of now got a six and a a four-year-old you know like you're saying Finley's not taking the bottle you know he's going to go through that phase and then you're going to be on to the next phase but when it's the first time you're going through something it is so intense and your perspective is so warped because we're in our houses Mm. a lot we're not kind of suddenly our whole world has become really narrow 
having been, you know, our own independent beings. And if you're like me and actually find going out the house quite difficult with a newborn and uh, worrying about if they're going to need a feed or if they're going to be over tired and just wanting to be at home. And then suddenly you're cut off from, mm -hmm. from your support network, especially through COVID when people didn't have, you know, weren't able to have family and friends over. So, you know, self-care couldn't be, couldn't be more important and getting through, you know, some days just each hour um, when you just had a baby is enough and just remembering that it does pass you know I'm, I'm now starting to think about you know I'll be weaning Lockie soon and you know you face those challenges and you kind of and you think okay but he is going to learn to eat and I am going to freak out about the choking because I've done that every time <laughs> and then it is going to get better and you know it's it's um yeah, we're, we're, we're all going through it, but sometimes it can feel very lonely. It can feel like you are doing it on your own. Um, and actually, lots of other mums will feel like that and reach out, you know, re reach out. I think that's sometimes the thing. Social media is such a huge support. There's such a massive community on there. Um, but it's also not forgetting to reach out to the neighbour and the person nearby that you can connect with. Um and, and talk to them about how you're feeling and, and you know, yeah, re reach out to those other mums. Mm. I love what you just said there, Izzy, about actually it can be lonely. And I remember thinking that, like, I've got a baby with me all the time. Like, I've not been on my own. But in those first few weeks, it felt the loneliest I've ever felt in my life ever. And yeah. I think that's something we need to talk about more because... I feel like women feel that if they do feel negative emotion in those early days, that there's something wrong with them or that perhaps they are going down like a mental health spiral. And for some women, of course, that could happen. It's really important they get treatment. But I think it's also OK to recognise that it's all right to not love every day or every night or every two hours mm -hmm. overnight that you might be feeding your baby or settling them to sleep and and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it can feel really lonely. But like you say, Ask and asking for help, I think, is a difficult one. We seem to have moved into society where we feel like we have to do it all on our own. And if we can't do it all on our own, then like, how can you even be a mother? You should be just managing everything and having a tidy house and running a business and having dinner on the table. And actually, it's just an impossible juggle um, that isn't necessary because people do actually really like to help a new mum, but a little bit scared to ask. And I think the more we start asking for help, you know, if you're a friend of a new mum, take a lasagna around, drop it on the doorstep. The more we can do that and normalize it, I think the better for all mums. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're so, it's so true. And I love what you say about, you know, dropping that lasagna around. My midwife of, from Lola, um, lovely Ali, when, because, you know, the first time round, you probably get a few more lasagnas. By the third, <laughs> people are they're kind of like, oh. they're like um, I've got to cook for a whole family, not just two people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but bless her, she turned up with a meal. And, uh -huh. Oh, my goodness. It was just like the best thing anybody could have done. Um, 
And another mum, when they come in and they just unstuck the dishwasher, they just know instinctively what, what, or just they'll just sit down with you and fold the washing. And, yeah. you know, I think it's, um, it's such the simple, the mundane, the kind of monotony of your days, I think, as well, that can, that can make you feel quite lonely. And I think that's why um, sometimes journaling is quite useful for that, writing things, that just writing out your thoughts. Um, because I think, as I say, you know, when, when we're in our head a lot of the day, getting those things out and down on a piece of paper, you know, that you might feel that you can't express to someone else or you don't want to say because you almost feel bad for feeling those things. You know, when I had Lola, we'd gone through a massive fertility journey and IVF and um, to comprehend in my head that I was struggling, I felt so um, guilty, there's the word again, Um, because I'd wanted to be a mum for so, so long. And then all of a sudden I was finding it hard. And then I was thinking about all the people that wanted to become a mum and were going through their fertility journey. And, um, and now I was struggling and, um, that, that was, that was quite tricky. Um, and then I kind of had to sort of almost forgive myself for that and realize that I was still allowed to feel things just because I had gone through fertility treatment doesn't mean that I'm therefore going to forever more, you know, wake up every day and think I'm so lucky because it's just not realistic. It's you're, you're moving on to the next phase of your motherhood journey and, you know, it's um, always remembering to just keep being kind to that inner critic. Yeah. And I always think, imagine if we spoke to our friends the way we speak to ourselves, like we just wouldn't dare because we mm. know that is so unkind. And sometimes I think, actually, what would I be saying to my best friend if she was going through this right now? Probably much nicer yeah. things than I'm saying to myself. And we need to keep mm-hmm. our minds in check in that way, don't we? And not sort of, not sort of bully ourselves at such tough times. Mm-hmm. Now, as you mentioned about, and I love the teddy bear breathing, and I guess that's one really nice way of involving your whole family in the process of mindfulness. And I guess, actually, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone because you're getting some mindfulness in for yourself at the same time, which is fantastic. That helps with that time barrier. Um, Are there any other tips you can give us to getting our little ones involved, whether they're aware that it's mindfulness or not, but it just, I guess, gives them really great coping mechanisms for life? Yeah, um... So I have created little mindful corners in the house. So that is an area with some of their favorite books, maybe some coloring, maybe a puzzle, toys, and they can rotate it. And it's it's an area that they can go to. So rather than perhaps, obviously here, right, every, every parent must do what they feel is right and every child is different and some children will respond to this and other children won't but for me personally I found it a really great alternative to like a naughty step or a timeout kind of zone but for me it was a nice way of kind of going do you know what I need some space from you (laughs) you need some space from me can you just go and and but it's an area that is kind of theirs um so that's quite quite a nice thing to do a mindful corner um we do another breathing um exercise in the bath actually do this loads um it's called take five 
Um, by the way, I'm so sorry. I'm, I've got this cold, so I'm just. I'm sorry if you're like hearing me <laughs> going sniffing. So you're allowed sniffing. to sniff nowadays. You're not allowed to cough. <laughs> yeah. It's when it's when you cough. No, you start it's when at you're you. coughing. <laughs> that's it. No, that's very true. Um, yeah. So take five again. I'll try and describe this as best I can over an audio bit. You take your hand, um, and you're basically tracing round your hand with your other hand's first finger. So with the first finger of your right hand trace your your the thumb of your left hand so and as you trace your thumb up you breathe in and as you breathe out you trace the thumb down and then you breathe up your first finger and then you trace down and breathe out so you're basically taking five deep nice deep breaths brilliant and when you do it in the bath it just I think water is a really, uh, such a brilliant kind of sensory thing. Well, if kids are happy in the bath, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. But it is, can be quite a night, a calm place at the end of the day. And we take these breaths. Um, and yeah, it, I, I find it works like magic. And I take the five breaths as well with them. And now I've got to a point where Lola goes, mummy, take five. Like if I get, if I'm getting, like trying to get them out of the house for school in the morning, I'm like, put your shoes on. And I love Lola's that. like, mummy, take five deep breaths. I haven't got time to think. That is brilliant. Um, You've only got yourself to blame. <laughs> like that she, knows, she, she knows that. That's it. So that's, uh, yeah, exactly. So that's a nice one. Um, reading books. So reading books at different times of the day, not just at bedtime. And mm. um, sometimes we're really tired by bedtime and you've read the same book for, you know, two weeks in a row because they're just obsessed with this book. But it's quite nice to, like I was sort of saying with the walk, with the book, noticing something in the book you haven't, you haven't noticed before. So when you're reading the story with your children, can they show you something on the page that they haven't seen before? So it's really focusing their um, well, their senses, really. It's getting their their sight zoned in to that present moment of looking at this book. Um, Kit can be really fidgety. So I find doing things like that helps to kind of focus him. Mm. Um, and it helps us to just read a book mindfully. Um, another thing is colouring. I love sitting down and colouring with the kids. Um, I've got like a mindful colouring book which actually they love joining in with too. But another, a brilliant one is just take a blank piece of paper and just do a squiggle on the page with a pencil, just a random squiggle and ask the children to try and find a picture within that squiggle. Mm. So actually did it with Lola this morning. She found a fish. Um, And yeah, so that's quite a nice, it's just, again, it's just getting into the present moment with the children. And for them, it's a very again sensory because they're feeling the page they're looking that they're, they're sort of zoning so there's a few things um hopefully that might that might help I love that I think because in all honesty sometimes especially because Finley is only like six months at the moment sometimes you like run out of ideas to do don't you like and it's not always that exciting to play with them when they're so small because they don't give a lot back so actually no. little ideas like that that can switch things up can help make it more enjoyable for you as well because of course you want to enjoy reading and and playing with our children but I think those little ideas can actually make it more fun for mum as well as baby which is lovely yeah and hopefully take you away from the massive washing pile that's staring at you and you're thinking I need to do that and I've got to do this and and actually think it can wait you know let's just slow down um I'm 
really bad at that. I, I find it very, very difficult to be in a messy house. Mm. Uh, you know, when people kind of say the house can wait, I'm like, no, it can't. I can't relax until everything's done. But then you realise when everything's done, then it's not done because then it starts again. And it's just this kind of cycle. But kind of going, right, I'm going to give 15 minutes of play right now. Everything can just wait 15 minutes. That's with your baby where you just get down. They're doing some tummy time. You get out the, to- the sensory toys for them. You perhaps put on some music, singing to your kids. You know, it doesn't matter if your voice, if you, if you can't sing, your children will always love your singing voice. And then you know you've dedicated that time. And then you have 15 minutes to go and put them, you know, put them, we call it the ring of neglect, you know, the, the, the <laughs> jumperies, whatever they are. Um, you know, and go and, and then have that time for yourself. But if, if you've kind of carved out some time in the day and then don't feel bad if you've not spent your entire time um with your kids that's something I've I'm still learning uh and then that helps to mitigate that mum guilt doesn't it as well if you've done that if you're like right we're spending this 15 minutes completely one-on-one no distractions keeping my mind just on my baby and then like you say you can get because it is a hard balance isn't it and I think like you say we're always navigating finding the right balance for us um but that can definitely help package away some of that mum guilt that we need to try and banish as much as possible yeah it's all it's all balance all about Harry and I like it's all about balance we take them out in the morning they can watch a film this afternoon you know yeah it's it's all about it's all about balance yeah keeping it real isn't it as well I think keeping our expectations real now Izzy your baby's obviously much more well behaved than mine and is still asleep so I don't want to keep you too much longer as much as I could talk to you all day but everyone that comes on I just asked for three top tips and I wonder if you could share three top kind of practical tips for expectant or new mums for making mindfulness part of their everyday routine oh um I'm trying to think which ones I find to set yourself an intention for the day um at the beginning of the day so that might be slow down um speak kindly in other words, to yourself, or um, I'm enough, that kind of thing. Something positive. Write it down, stick it on your fridge, put it in your purse, remind yourself through the day. Um, another one, um, I'm just trying to think, um, expectant mums. I've put you on the spot. No, you're fine. This one I, uh, um, something else I use as a bit of an anchor is, um, uh, this might sound strange, the front door. So okay. you're either leaving the house or you're coming into the house, okay? And, and your hand is going to turn that handle or your key is going to go in and you're going to go into the day, sorry, leave for the day or come back into the house. Or maybe you've been out with your baby or you're coming back in. Or when you put that key in the lock, take a moment to take three deep breaths. Just pause, stop take those deep breaths there's always time even if the baby is starving hungry pause drop your shoulders breathe um so that would be another one and the third one is um whenever you feel like it's all becoming too much in your pregnancy or after the baby's born put one hand on your heart and one hand on your tummy and take a deep breath in. And as you breathe out, think all is calm. 
all is well, we are safe. And that might be in, a, in an anxious pregnancy, that might be after a baby is born and it's all become too much. Yeah, all is calm, all is well, I am safe. With that hand on your heart and hand on your tummy. Mm. Um, and just take really, you know, take really good care of yourself, be kind to yourself and, you know, you, yeah, you've got this. Oh, Izzy, that is such a beautiful way to finish. And certainly your tips have helped me as a new mum. So I am sure they have helped lots of other new and expectant mums as well. So a massive, massive thank you for your time. It's been wonderful to chat to you. Thank you, Pip. And did you, is it Finley, did you see, did you say? This is little Finley who's come to play on the Finley, you have been an absolute lovely welcome addition to my (laughs) chat this morning. (laughs) And I hope that Finley gives you some sleep today, Pip. Let's hope. But if not, I've got some tips to manage the uh, deprivation. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And that's it for another episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. Remember, you can use your exclusive discount code podcast 15 on all my online courses. And why not check out my free mini course while you're there too. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, remember to hit subscribe so you're the first to hear about all the upcoming chats too. And I'd be immensely grateful if you could take a couple of minutes to leave me a quick podcast review too. I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.